Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Brad, uh... Do you think the team needs to improve late play execution, or is it just a matter of impressive defensive performance? I don't think there's any question. Yeah, I think that's a pretty easy one. Um, it's easier said than done. I think the guys did a great job until, you know, maybe the, maybe the last minute or so. Um, although in, even in the last minute, like Jeff, Jeff got the ball in an action where we wanted him to get the ball in the post, got it knocked out of his hands. Um, we got the ball back on the side, and he got a wide open three. Um, it's kind of like deja vu. You know, it's, we've been in the same situation the last couple of games, especially here at home, and uh, we fall short every time. Are these situations something to learn from? I mean, it seems that all of a sudden these late game situations. Yeah, we, we, uh, and, we had a, a great practice yesterday, and we focused on execution, execution in the fourth quarter, and um, I think we did a pretty good job, you know, except the last couple couple of minutes. Yeah. It's tough. It's frustrating. Uh, you know, I work hard on it, and I'll continue to work and get better. Celtics almost had it, then they blew it. They lose 118-114 to 114 to the Phoenix Suns. This is the Garden Report on CLNS Radio and Celtics Blog. All right, another episode of the Garden Report. Another near win for the Celtics. With the another loss. One. Another loss, guys. I'm Jared Weiss from CLNS Radio. We've got Jimmy Toscano from Celtics Blog, CSNNE, and Metro, and Julian Edlo. Edlo. I almost said Edelman. <laughs> I almost Edelman. Said, That'd be sweet. That would be fun. Julian Edelman here look uh, from CLNS Radio and WEI.com, making plays everywhere. We're going to talk about this one. We're going to start at the end with the late game execution, which has been a bit of a nightmare. What you execution? heard What execution? You heard from Stevens off the top there. Uh, it's, it's, it's a major problem for them, Julian. They are drawing up plays that are failing miserably, and Rondo is not recognizing that he needs to get out of that play really quickly if it's not working yeah this is pretty much two games in a row that they've essentially dribbled the clock out to end the game this time rondo at least figured something out but there was a lot of dribbling and fumbling going on jeff green had that flail where the ball went up into the air and then you know eventually at least they made something out of it this time and rondo got three free throws oh and then he misses them all so <laughs> the last two games late game execution has been a huge huge problem just like brad stevens said and they're going to need to figure it out going forward i don't, I don't know what the celtics were thinking they left 2.2 seconds on the clock that's way too much time <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, i thought they were trying to dribble out the clock oh, yeah. oh wait they were losing oh mm. shoot well hey it's a step up from last game when they actually took a shot after the buzzer went off no. so we're taking baby steps here yeah but all joking aside it's kind of it's it's start it's rondo right i mean both times i mean he's yep. he's the point guard he's he's controlling the ball and and they didn't have a clean shot off tonight. I mean, they, they had a couple 
I mean, I know Jeff Green went up with it and he got stripped and it was just mayhem from the start. It goes back to the... If there was a few more seconds on the clock, it would have meant a little bit more. But Rondo, if he's, if he's going to take a three-point shot and get fouled, you got to hit those free throws, yeah. dude. You're coming into this game as a 40% free throw shooter and you go two for 10 tonight? That's awful. Well, the thing for me is it actually goes back to the play before where Jeff Green has an inbounds give and go and he pulls up for three. They had 20 seconds left and they were down by one. And Jeff Green's taking an elbow three from 28 feet out. There's no way that Brad Stevens drew that up for him to be taking a three with 20 seconds left when they just needed to get fouled just to be able to win the game. That that put them where the, in a position where they're down four. They somehow blow it completely and they still get fouled because Alex Len went into Alex Len mode for a quick second there. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, they got a lucky break and they still couldn't capitalize. How many breaks do these guys need before they can actually get pull it off? I'm wondering if and Jared Selinger said it, that they they aren't losing any confidence like he's, but I'm wondering if it's starting to creep into their heads a little bit where they're looking up at the clock, they're looking at the score, they're seeing the opposing team slowly creep in, and now, oh, we've been here before, oh, we're going to blow this, we're going to lose, and it's just a mental thing at this point. And if it is creeping into their head, the guy that they should be able to count on to settle them down should be Rondo, and right. he's been the guy making the errors in the last couple games, so they have a lot to figure out in these endgame situations. Or maybe Bradley gets credit for a big turnover that tonight. turnover, yeah. Minute, so he can share the blame. Well, okay, well, I talked about Jeff Green's blown shot. That was just about the only bad part of this night. Otherwise, yeah. he was he was an absolute game breaker. He had, I mean, the dunks were incredible. Uh, he, I, I even wrote that he changed the gravitational pull in several galaxies with that. <laughs> he uh, still hasn't slam. come down from that. First he's dunk. still he's still out there, he's floating around yeah, somewhere. Yeah, we, we had to get in a spaceship just to go uh, do the <laughs> post game interview. But I mean, he had that big steal before he had that before he made that play. He had a huge steal. That yeah. was able to kind of save the game for them. I mean, in the second, second, you're not with the second one. Yeah, second yeah, one. Yeah, he second not only did he make the steal, he did an amazing spin move and kept yeah. the dribble going without carrying the ball. I mean, that was an, yeah. um, one of the best plays I've ever seen him make in his entire career. Yeah, and he he was extreme. He, he knew he was going to dunk that ball the entire time. He saw Morris. I don't even know which Morris brother it was. I, don't I think, think it was both Morris. I don't think it matters. <laughs> I don't think they're basically one and the same. I mean, they they like answer. They finish each other's sentences and they sit next to each other. They each do other. everything together. <laughs> yes, we're not brothers. <laughs> right, we're not. Um, <laughs> But he just, I mean, he, he dunked right on, right over him. He was fired up after that. And it looked at that point, that was kind of like a turning point. It looked like the Celtics were going to win this game, or you know what I mean? You kind of felt that way. But they figured out a way to lose it. Yeah. Jeff Green was fantastic. He made all the right plays. He took a questionable shot kind of late in yep. the game. But, you know, everything that we've seen him, he's appeared to be much more consistent, like, we've always asked of him so far this season. We'll see if he can continue This, this year he's been more consistent. He's been their, probably their best player you know, yeah. at this point in the season. Um, will it last? Yeah. We're going to find out, I guess. But, I mean, he is going into a potentially contract year, so I think he has a lot more incentive to uh, play more intense than maybe he has in the past. Interesting. Well, it's funny you yeah. said he's been their best player because last game I said Kelly Olynyk might be their best offensive player right now. We're going to make that a teaser for part two. Come back for part two. We're going to dive into that one pretty Whoops. hard. This is the Garden Report on CLNS Radio and Celtics Blog. We will be right back. Yeah, that's always the goal. You know, we, we, uh, we will overcome this, this, this tough stretch. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm a strong believer. Uh, we have a, a great group of guys that are willing to play as hard as possible. Um, we just have to continue to stay on the same page for 48 minutes. So your faith isn't wavering, though. No. Not at all. You know, we're, we have a lot of young, talented guys. Um, you know, they listen very well and they play hard. So, you know, what more can you ask for? <laughs> yeah, much more confident. You know, I think 
I'm starting to figure out you know, my teammates as well as my teammates figuring out uh, what I want to do, where I want the ball. And, uh, they do a great job of getting the ball to me on time and uh, make my job easy. What's specifically clicking for you tonight? I think just uh, the way they played us, I think it made it easy just to get a lot of pocket passes and I uh, just had to make uh, easy plays. And I think our guards did a great job getting the ball to me on time, so I had plenty of time to be able to make those plays. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean that that always helps, but at the same time, you got to be ready to play any time, and you got to make the best of whatever you get, and that's what I'm trying to do. So, um, whenever coach puts me in, I just try to go do whatever I can. All right, last part of the garden report here. We were teasing Kelly Olynyk because Such he basically didn't play in the second half. That long yeah. hair was very teasing, but he only played two minutes in this in the third quarter. And he, Brad Stevens basically said he was benched in the second half because Julian Tyler Zeller had his best game as a Celtic. By far. Zeller was 8 for 9 from the field. He hasn't taken a bad shot since he's been a Celtic almost. He's hitting all of his shots. Uh, he's just been super efficient. And it's been kind of in shorter stints so far. And, you know, tonight was the first time that Stevens liked the matchup he had with Zeller. He went with it. And, you know, they didn't win the game, but he was. it certainly wasn't on Zeller that they didn't win tonight. He was reward, Stevens was rewarded for putting Zeller out there and giving him big minutes. And, you know, even passing the ball, he was great. He had three assists, he had seven rebounds, and he had his 19 points. He really looks great on the pick and rolls with Rondo. Uh, yeah. Like we talked about before the season, we heard about how Zeller's going to run. He got out in transition, got some baskets tonight. So, you know, this is encouraging going forward. You know, if Olenek can maybe play well and mix Zeller in like this, can they get kind of a, a big man rotation going with Sullinger in there where they all perform well on the same night? Big man rotation. I don't think I would ever see the day. Have they ever had that, really? <laughs> Not for a while. No. P.J. Brown count with Rambo and Big Baby. Oh, he counts. Yeah. He definitely counts. But um, it's it was finally good to see Zeller play the way that I kind of envisioned him to play here. When the Celtics made the yeah. trade, they traded literally nobody for, for Zeller. I was like, that's a pretty that's a pretty good get. I mean, that's not a guy that's going to win you a championship, but he's a guy that I thought could definitely be a big part of the rotation and contribute, and I knew he could run the floor. He's And he, he gives it, you a different style when he's in the court. He's a different player, obviously, than Olenek and Selinger, where he, he even said it. Like, those guys, they want to they want to sit at the three-point line and, and yeah. shoot threes all, all game. He wants to be down low. He wants to, you know, bang down all low. All three and, are totally different. That's right. what's great about them, if they can all kind of click together. Yeah, they, they add different – They and they, they – it makes it harder on the on the defense if there's different guys rotating in there with completely different games. And when he's on when he's on, him and Rondo have a little a nice little connection going on. Mm -hmm. And I also think, and Steven said it after the game, uh, his passing is surprising him, and I and I, I'm kind of surprised too. He's got pretty good hands for a guy of his size. You know, you expect kind of like a maybe borderline clumsy lurch type type situation going on, but it's not really not the case with him. Well, it's funny because guys like Olenek and Solinger stretch the floor right. in a different way. They're pulling it out. Zeller's a guy that will hide weak, weak side. I would call him the backdoor banger, but I think someone probably already has a nickname <laughs> for very different reasons. So maybe we'll call him the weak side warrior. Okay, I like that. So I think it's better. more family friendly. And I just I love that nickname so much. But he's, I bet you do. He's so good. He's so good. Better than Jonas Valenpupi. No, nothing. <laughs> nothing's yeah. better than a... Van Horn. That's, that's the best oh, one. Yeah. Shout out to the starters there. But I mean, Zeller is so good at hiding the weak side. And then when they, when someone like Solinger or uh, let's pretend Olenek still plays with the Celtics, uh, gets the ball in the middle of the paint, Zeller is flying in from the weak side where the big his big man is rotated off. He's getting wide open layups every single time, and it's it's like routine with him. And it's good that Stevens kept 
kept it with him. You know, he didn't. He didn't. You know, when a lot of people were down on Zeller, especially in the beginning of the year, he just looked really slow behind the plays, yeah. bad turnovers, and, and Stevens, you know, saw something out there, whether it was in practice or whatever, and he stuck with him. And a night like tonight, it really pays off. Unfortunately, it's a little bittersweet for Zeller because they, you know, they couldn't come up with the win. But do you guys think that um, Zeller should have been in there at the end of the game, or do you, would you put Olenek back in there? No, it was you go with what was working that night. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not expecting Olenek to be sitting on the bench the entire second half. That's and they hit a three Because he was cold. No, he's cold. He's, go with Zeller. Zeller was working perfectly against I think the, the that whole team. roster kind of outside of maybe Rondo and Green is just the other guys are just kind of fill the, the hot hand when you need guys yeah. down the stretch. Right. Okay, so guy that had the hot hand all night is Markeith Morris. He can score he from did. everywhere. He's this like six five, six six ish, six seven maybe, yep. power forward. I mean, he's got he's got David West ish sort of. He, he, he like has like a nice little touch from everywhere, and he he can drive. He can do everything. Kind of looks tough out there. Yeah, he's like a cross between kind of like Carl Landry and David West. I'd yeah, say. I like that. I like yeah. that combination. Um, I was impressed by him. I mean, I, like you just said, he can score from all over. I just love the fact that he has a twin brother on the team. That's just like the coolest thing. Who to makes me. slightly more money then? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's who makes slightly less money. No, he makes more than. Markeith Mark makes, makes more. more than yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. There's Either way, like I same. just think we'll it's. We'll edit that out. <laughs> we won't, but whatever. We're not editing any of this out. But what I was gonna say <laughs> is, confusing. I just think it's like, does anybody know? Do they know each other's game? I mean, is it possible to know each other's game more than they do? Like, do they even need to look over a defense, like a defensive game plan with each other out there? I mean, no. they just must. They use their sixth sense when they. He knows where he's going to be. He knows where he's going to be. Make it happen. I just think that's cool. And not only them, but I'm going off topic here, but Tragic, those are brothers. Yep. Pretty cool. And then Plumlee has a brother. I don't know. It's like a big family over there. <laughs> we have Goran Dragic and Zoran Goran and Zoran. Marcus and Marquis. Yeah. They have two brothers like that have like the same names on their team. <laughs> that can get confusing when you're covering a game. Both of the Dragic brothers didn't is. play. But seriously, though, sometimes when you are watching the Morris twins, you kind of get lost on who is who, and then you know Marquise kind of took his game a little bit above tonight, and you're like, wow, okay, so that is the the better player, and he definitely kind of stood above his brother tonight in terms of his play. What do you think of that? I mean, I would love to see a Morris and Trogic lineup with Alex Len in the middle, just running, <laughs> just like running around, fouling people. That, Alex that'd be Len a lot is of obviously fun. Obviously, the fifth wheel there. But what I love is how great the more both of the Morris twins, especially with each other, but uh, really with Dragic, have a great chemistry where they're really good passers and they move very well off the ball. And we saw that Dragic, Dragic is so good working out of the corner. It's so weird to see a point guard mm -hmm. working out of the corner, but he's he was so great. good at it. He'll go to the corner, Morris will drive around, and then Dragic will up fake. He'll kind of get out towards the wing, mm -hmm. and he'll hit Morris cutting on the other side. And they were doing that every single time. It was a great play to see. I agree, and he's my baller of the night. Really? Okay, so yeah. let's skip. Let's skip very quickly. Baller of the night, Julian. Who is yours? I have to go with Tyler Zeller. Just from we haven't seen what we saw out of him tonight, and it was good to kind of get a taste of how big of a role he can have in this offense when he really gets it going, and if he can continue this in uh, the next games. Any more detail you want to add? No, we, no? we nailed it. There we go. So for me, I criticize him all the time, so i got to praise him when he's great. Jeff Green had one of the best games I've ever seen him have, really. Um, I mean, it's not Miami, 43 points, but he was yeah. just aggressive. He was aggressive. He was Jeff Green aggressive. He was powerful. Do we know if Marcus or Marquise got dunked on by Jeff Green? Do we, like, know which one it was? Because I actually don't know. I actually have no idea right now. We have to go to the I hope it wasn't I told you I was confused. Yeah. It wasn't Marquise just for... My ball nights. Okay, Same. so uh, boxing out, Julian, really quick, what was your stat of the night? I'm just going to go with the 
total score, 118 points tonight for the Suns. Friday night we were here, 122 points for the Cavs. This is going to be a fast-paced offense. We know that. They're going to run. But if they're going to get wins, they're going to have to get some stops and you know not let these scores look like we're in the 80s. My stat is 4 of 10. That's the Celtics' three-point uh, field goal attempts and conversions tonight, which means you score 118 points, you don't need to take 25 threes to do it. I think the Celtics, maybe they should consider not taking so many threes sometimes because, I don't know, they're not really that good at taking three-pointers. They're making three-pointers, I should say. Well, they keep trying until they hit they them, I guess. They keep trying, right? but they didn't. Yeah, maybe they... you can win a ball game once in a while, though, by maybe. not trying too much. Yeah. Uh, so for me, it was the free-throw shooting. It was Jeff Green going 8 for 9 from the line. Danny Ainge must have been pouring in tears courtside reading that number. I mean, <laughs> that, that is aggressive to quantify with Jeff Green, which is very rare. But on the flip side, Rondo going 2 for 10, including missing all three at the end. I would love to know the last time a starting point guard went 2 for 10 from the free throw line. I feel Elias like, on the horn. Yeah, I, I feel like Rondo is probably the last one to do it, too. I'm sure he's done it before. <laughs> First and last. Yeah. All right, let's get out of here. So for Julian, for Jimmy, I'm Jared Weiss. We'll see you next time on the Garden Report postgame show. Um, you know, I played with Zeller before training camp, and, and um, you know he's a great roller. He's our best roller we have. Uh, he has great hands, and, and he has great touch with both hands around the rim. So, uh, you know, he's getting more minutes, and you know he's earning. He's earning them. Big time. He played one out of the tonight. Um, I mean, his finish around the basket. He was uh, set of screens. Um, really helpful on on the defense end. So, he played one out of the game. I mean, getting him, we knew he was going to help us. Sometimes it takes it takes a minute to adjust to, to a certain team, and uh, I think he's doing just fine. Like you said, it takes a little time to adjust to a new team. How much more comfortable do you think he looks out there compared to you know training camp days? He just just knows what, what everybody wants. You know, you know, he knows what Avery wants. He knows what Jeff wants. Reading Rondo, taking him to play Rondo because Rondo was not playing training camp, so he's, he's just playing great. So much love.